Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, a fantastic open from Mario Ruiz as always. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers talk till 8 p.m. tonight. Um, we did get uh, a quick little update here. I'm going to read this off, and then uh, we could get into the show. So status report for tomorrow. I know we're always kind of looking who's in, who's out. Um, looks like Pat Bev, AD, probable. LeBron James, questionable. Austin Reeves still out against the Andy, Indiana Pacers tomorrow. Uh, 2.30 pre tip-off at 4 o'clock. Okay, we got a lot to get into. Uh, my my uh, uh, a good friend of mine is somebody that I love bringing on, Trevor Lane of uh, Lakers Nation, will join us in about a half hour. Um, I'm going to talk about some of my concerns with the Lakers, specifically end of games. Uh, Lakers can still actually save their road trip to get to 3-2. and two. LeBron about to break the record. Does it feel like it's a big deal specifically for Laker fans? I know it's a big deal on the national front. And then the NBA trade deadline is a week from tomorrow. Chris Haynes had an interesting quote, thinks the Lakers will be aggressive. So uh, let's get right into it. Lakers yesterday beat the New York Knicks. And, you know, sometimes you can look at games and you could kind of say, all right, I I don't care how they won. Just go get a win. Go get a W. Um, certainly for the Lakers, who coming into last night's game had lost the first two games on the road, lost to Boston. I don't have to get into all the details of what happened in that game. Uh, Lakers lost that game in OT. Following game on Monday, Lakers played Brooklyn, and no LeBron, no Anthony Davis, down 19, find a way to go up 7, lose the game by 14. Just these crazy swings in the NBA these days, specifically for the Lakers as well. Um But last night was one of those games where I want to say, I don't care how you win, just freaking win the game. You got to start stacking up some W's. You got to start moving up in the NBA standings. And part of the thing, one of the things I get frustrated with with the Lakers right now is I I look at that team and I look at that roster and I see Braun, I see AD, and I know AD is just coming back. Um, I see Russ, who's clearly got a roll off the Lakers bench. I see Dennis Schroeder have moments where... He's a really nice piece. I see, um, you know, unfortunately right now, Austin Reeves still out, but Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves, Thomas Bryant has had some moments. Um, I'm a fan of Rui Hachimura, which I'll get into in a little bit as well. Just talk about how he's been so far. And then I see the team The team is four games below 500, and they are still 13th in the Western Conference. They've been in games versus good teams doesn't mean they're going to win them all. Uh, they were in both games against the Celtics, in both games against the Sixers. Um, some close ones that have gone their way, I'll use the Denver Nuggets. They went 2-2 two and two against this year. They ended up beating Memphis this season. Um, that win, the close one in Sacramento on the road, they won by two. They beat some decent teams along the way as well, and I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting a couple teams, whatever the case is. My frustration with the Lakers is, is in a lot of these games, I don't feel like they execute down the stretch. And, you know, where they're sitting today, four games below 500, when I say it's kind of frustrating to see where they're sitting, 
they should have three or four more wins. And I'm going to use last night as a good example. And this one actually went their way, but they're kind of playing with fire in some of these games. Um, But late game execution for the Lakers, and the difference, by the way, of three or four games in the Western Conference is everything. And I know there's probably Laker fans already lined up listening to this and saying, yeah, well, the refs screwed us out of this game and the refs screwed us out of that game, which I'm not saying you're wrong in. I'm not saying that the game against the Celtics or the game against uh, the the Dallas Mavericks, I'm using that as an example. I'm not saying that there weren't questionable calls that went against the Lakers in a number of these games, but the Lakers are also not helping themselves. Um, The Lakers have also made decisions towards the end of games that you scratch your head and it's like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? No, no, no. They can end this game. Um, they should be more organized towards the end of games. They should have better options on offense. They should have better rotations on defense. There's a lot of times the Lakers have not helped themselves. So I'm going to put aside the whole, hey, the referees screwed us in this one, and I'm going to pay more attention to what the Lakers have done wrong. And I think last night is honestly a, a perfect example of what I'm talking about. By the way, quick shout-out here to uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Uh, visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Appreciate their partnership. Locations all around Southern California. Again, uh, visit SoCalOilChange.com. Last night, the Lakers had a six-point lead with about a minute and a half left against the New York Knicks. And they got the six-point lead because um, the Knicks on defense, I don't know, somebody, LeBron got a screen and both went with the guy who screened. I can't remember who was it. It might have been AD that screened. And LeBron just had a wide-open look at a three, and he took the right shot, and he hit it, and he stood there and enjoyed it at the Madison Square Garden. And I thought, and you thought, that's a wrap. This game is over. Lakers went up by six. Still a minute 30, minute 40 left, but you know, certainly for the Lakers – you felt like, okay, they got control of this game. And the final minute and a half, I cannot explain to you what the Lakers were doing. And it's this, let's just try to run the clock out. Um, on the defensive side, you know, kind of giving up an early bucket to Jalen Brunson on the initial possession. And then you come back on the other end, and I get you want to run the shot clock down, but I'd rather just get a good shot off than – try to run the shot. It's not like there's 30 seconds left and you're up six. There's still a minute and a half left. You got to still score buckets. You still got to get good shots off. Just letting the clock run down and let the shot clock not expire, but get all the way down to, you know, two seconds left or something. That's not good enough because the squads, the New York Knicks are still going to get possessions going the other way. So Braun ends up taking a contested three at the end of the shot clock. Braun ends up taking another contested three. And then, um, the Lakers run uh, finally run an actual play where they, they try to run a, a pick and roll with Anthony Davis and Braun, and Braun sets up AD, but Jalen Brunson just makes a good defensive play, slides over, and takes a charge. So the Lakers went from up six to it's a tie ball game, and the Knicks actually have the ball with four seconds left with a chance to win. Lakers get a good defensive stop. They dodge a bullet. They go the other way. Over time, Lakers end up winning the game. I'm not trying to take away anything from the Lakers. Um, I'm not trying to take away from the Lakers beating the Knicks and getting that win. But this team's got to be better. They just got to be better. And I, you know, and I'm talking about late game execution. They had lost four games in a row in overtime. 
Some of them, they were losses that were so deflating in regulation that you just felt like they were going to lose that game. The Boston game is one. There was a Philly game early in the season when AD missed a free throw. Earlier in the season, AD missed a free throw that could have probably iced it. Um, Their late-game execution, not good. Braun had to play 43 minutes yesterday. Lakers were a possession away from being six games below 500. And I I blame a little bit of everybody in late-game situations. And, you know, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's not like the Lakers are 10, 12 games over 500. And if they got a loss here or there, it's not going to affect them. There's only 30 games left. And they have 28 losses where other teams in the West have 26 or less. So there's actually a little bit of a cushion now in the standings where the Lakers are that far behind. So they need help from other teams losing, and they can't let any game slip away that they feel like they have in their hands. So last night for me, um, I look at some of these late-game situations. I put some of it on Darvin Ham. You know, one of the things I really, really like about Darvin Ham is he gives the autonomy of, of his players. He's got a lot of confidence and trust in his players to go out there and just make things happen. I trust you guys. What is he going to tell LeBron James that he doesn't already know? What is he going to tell Russ that he doesn't already know? There are players out there that he trusts in the decision-making that they're going to make. The problem is sometimes I think he leans too much on the players to make decisions, and I want him to find a middle ground where, hey, I don't have to hold your hands towards the end of games, but also – if I don't feel like we're executing or I feel like we're just aimlessly all standing there, I'm going to use one of my timeouts, and I am going to call a play. And maybe that play goes to Braun, or maybe I'm using Braun as a decoy and using AD as a decoy, and I found Rui cutting because nobody expected Rui Hachimura to get the ball. Um, I, I want to see more of a balance from Darvin Ham specifically towards the end of games of saying, I trust my players, and I'm also going to be a head coach, and I'm going to jump in. I blame a little bit on LeBron. Braun is so confident in himself, which I get it, I understand it, he should be. But at the same time, Braun just dribbling the ball and, you know, that shot clock going from 16 to 10 to 7 to 3 and then jacking up a 3, it's not a good possession. I, I get it, you're going for the jugular, but that doesn't mean that's a good possession um, I blame some of it on Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, the Lakers-Celtics uh, game, there were possessions where the national broadcast was Mark Jackson, it was Van Gundy, and they kept saying, Van Gundy wouldn't stop saying, uh, why isn't AD posting up on Malcolm Brogdon? And I don't have that answer, but there are moments that you want to see AD obviously demand the ball. Um, they're not going to make the playoffs unless late-game situations improve because – if you lost some close games in the past and you said, okay, hey, we still have 60 games left, we're fine. And then you lost some more late games and you're like, all right, hey, we got 50. Okay, we got 40. Well, you're down to 30. There's 30 games left. And I really, really, really hope that the Lakers um, start executing better towards the end of games. I haven't seen it. I think that's been a big issue and a big problem. Um, you know, I think lineup wise, I think they're still figuring some stuff out as Lonnie Walker comes back, Rui, they just traded for, but whoever's in towards the end of that game. And and personally for me, I want to see Dennis Schroeder. I want to see Rui. I want to see Braun. I want to see AD and then whoever's playing best from there to end games. But man, that has been, uh, an issue. And that's it. If the Lakers did not make the playoffs this year, I'm going to look at late game execution to be the absolute 100% difference of the Lakers 
uh, making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. So hopefully as the season progresses, the Lakers are better from that perspective. Hopefully it starts tomorrow against the Indiana Pacers. Okay, a couple things I want to do when we come back. Um, Lakers can still save this road trip. They can. They can still go 3-2. and two. Uh, They kind of have to go 3-2. and two. I'll tell you what I'm talking about um, uh, coming up next. Plus, LeBron's about to break the all-time record for most points most points scored uh, all-time. Does it feel like it's a big deal here locally in Los Angeles? We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, Trevor Lane coming up in uh, about 15 minutes or so. Covers the Lakers for Lakers Nation. Uh, Quick shout-out here. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Again, uh, SoCalOilChange.com. Do not procrastinate. Go get your car service when you need it, especially when you got Valvoline. Um, okay, so it's been an interesting week or so of Lakers basketball. You got the loss to the Celtics. Um, you got the, uh, the, the loss to the Brooklyn Nets, and now they're sitting here with a win against the Knicks. I had mentioned this. Lakers got to go 3-2 and two on this road trip. Got to go three and two on this road trip. You cannot come back to Crypto.com Arena unless you're three and two. Lock the doors across the street unless they're three and two. Well, in a weird way, um, they're still in position to do so. And to be honest with you, I would be so disappointed if they don't come back three and two with the Pacers and the Pelicans left as far as uh, the two teams that they got to face. Now, it's interesting because those two teams specifically have been awful, awful over these last 10 games or so. I think each team has one win in their last 10 games, and I'll go with the team the Lakers are going to face tomorrow. The Pacers are 1-9 and nine in their last 10. The, um, the Pelicans, who at one point were second in the Western Conference, are now 10th. They've lost nine games in a row. Now, there's a reason for it. Zion's been out. That's obviously a huge piece. I mean, talk about having uh, somebody valuable for your franchise. Look how important Zion is to that team. And then the Pacers, they haven't had Tyrese uh, Halliburton. Now, for the Lakers, not exactly the best timing. He's probably going to play tomorrow. Uh, It looks like – I know he's questionable right now, um, but they're uh, planning to have him play tomorrow was a report I got from uh, um, ESPN.com. So just looking at one of their reports. So Lakers still got a chance to go three and two. I don't want to hear any excuses. No Laker fan wants to hear any excuses. 
they got to beat the Pacers and they got to beat the Pelicans. By the way, you also have to beat them because you're four games below 500, and you still have an opportunity. I had mentioned this when there was 10 games left before the All-Star break that they got to go 6-4. and four. Um, Seven games left now, which means they got to win five of these final seven. You got OKC. Okay, you got the Pelicans and the Pacers. Those are the two games you got on the road. You got OKC at home. You got the Bucks at home. You're on the road against the Warriors and the Blazers, and then you got the Pelicans. So if I said, all right, you got to go 5-2 and two in your next seven games, then you get to that 6-4 and four record and give me two losses in there, take the Bucks as a loss, take the Warriors as a loss. Can you not beat all the other teams that are below 500 or uh, hovering at 500? We'll see. I guess that will tell a big, much bigger story about the Lakers, whether they are a playoff team or, or they're not a playoff team. So we'll have to wait and, and see on that. LeBron James is 89 points away from breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. He's going to, within the next few games, whether he does it against the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder on Tuesday of next week, or he does it on Thursday of next week against the Milwaukee Bucks, it's coming. I mean, for all we know, we've seen Braun. Maybe Braun decides, you know, I'm just going to do it in New Orleans and I'll put up 45 a night. Um, It's coming soon, and it's coming no longer than the next four games or so. And I was trying to, you know, Travis and I spent a little bit of time on this this morning, that does it feel like it's a really, really big deal in Los Angeles? Listen, it is one of the biggest accomplishments in any sport from an individual performance he's going to have the all-time record and by the time Braun is done playing basketball he's going to shatter that record well over 40,000 points is where he'll get to and I look at it this way I think it's interesting because it is obviously such a huge national story um I think there's some factors here in L.A., and I'll do my best to try to describe it. First off, anytime you know something is coming, I knew before the season started that Braun's about to break this record. And he might do it in 50 games, and it might come sometime in February. We kind of all were, if Braun scores X amount of points and he plays X amount of games, here's where it's going to come. And then you look at it and you're like, okay, he's probably going to do it in the next 40 games. Right, he's going to do it in the next 30 and the 20 and the 10. Now we're down to it's under five games that it's going to happen. I think anytime you have something that's that far down the runway and you know it's going to happen, it's just a question of when it's going to happen. I'm not saying it takes some of the allure away, but you just know that, hey, it's a clock ticking. The clock is eventually going to tick and it's going to get to this point and Braun's going to pass it. Um, I've used as examples before – that when Clay Thompson scores 37 and a quarter and you got a buddy text you and say, hey, Clay's got 25 in the third quarter, this guy might break the all-time record. There's an excitement to that because it came out of nowhere. Or when Clay got the 14, um, you know, 14 three-pointers in a game, or Kobe in his final game decided to drop 60, or when Kobe on a Sunday night game against the Toronto Raptors had 81. You can't predict those. You can't expect for those to come. You have no idea when they're coming, if they're coming, how they're coming. This one is expected. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter when. And I think for Laker fans, as we get closer to this happening, I'm going to ask Trevor Lane about some of this who's coming up you know, here shortly. I'm curious to get Trevor's thoughts on this as well. I think Laker fans are appreciating as best as they can what LeBron James is doing. 
respecting what LeBron James is doing. And that's all you can really do. You know, what makes LeBron James and his career so unique and special to the NBA is um, he didn't play for just one team, right? He has championships and finals MVPs with three different teams. That's incredible and ridiculous, and however you want to look at it, it's just unbelievable that Braun has been able to do that. When I think of LeBron James, initially if you said, how do, if, if I told you LeBron James, give me your vision and picture of what you think of Braun, I think of Braun on the floor in Cleveland or up in the Bay Area when he won Game 7 and he's on the floor and he's crying. And he finally got a championship um, to Ohio and he got a, a championship for Cleveland and you know his hometown of Akron. When I think of LeBron James, I think of when he makes the decision to go to Miami, he's taking his talent to the Miami Heat, or when he goes back to Cleveland and everybody hates him and he's got all the signs out there. I think of him um, in Orlando and the Lakers going on their run and Bron doing what he's doing with Rondo and AD and Dwight and all this stuff. I don't think of him as just one player with one team. What he's accomplished, uh, first off, I think of Bron as a Cleveland Cavalier first, I think of him probably as a Heat next because he he went to the finals four straight years with the Miami Heat. It was the Beatles. Everybody hated them. It was so unique what him, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade decided to do of what they were going to get paid to go play together. Um, and then I think of him as a Laker. He's been here. This is his fifth year as a Los Angeles Laker. I don't think I have to tell Laker fans what priority number one is. I feel like I have a good pulse for what Laker fans want, they want to win. That's what Laker fans want. And when you won a championship two and a half years ago, you know what Laker fans are saying? They make it sound like it was 25 years ago. It was two and a half years ago. All right? Lakers' number one priority is winning. Everything else comes after that. Um, I think what's happening right now with LeBron James and the appreciation and the respect of what he's about to accomplish, no question about that, I think the hope is, and the hope was, that Braun was doing this at a time when the Lakers were 10, 12 games over 500, that you're looking at the NBA standings, you're looking at the squad, and you're saying to yourself, okay, well, if we can get these two wins, now you're in third place in the West, and you know what, the first round, I think I like our matchup against Denver, but that's not the case. What's happening with the Lakers right now is they're four games below 500. They're in 13th place in the Western Conference. They're not a lock to make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs last year. And I think that's what our number one, like where our brain is currently today, is how do the Lakers get in the playoffs? Trade deadline. It's in a week. Uh, a week from tomorrow, are the Lakers going to make another move? How's Rui Hachimura fitting in with the Lakers? I think all that stuff is top of mind for a lot of Laker fans and then Braun is about to accomplish the most ridiculous uh, accomplishment in in, in really the, the sport of the NBA. He's about to pass Kareem. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic. you got all these different things happening at once. And at the same time, uh, Lakers, are you're just watching every game hoping that they win. You're hoping that Braun had a triple-double yesterday, and it was an afterthought. It was, okay, but Lakers got the win, right? And I've heard Braun say this all the time, that everything that he's accomplishing – he gets disappointed when it's coming on losses. Not disappointed is the right word. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that it would be different if the Lakers were winning or he's winning when 
he's accomplishing what he's doing and passing all these people, whether in assists and rebounds, and then it will be Kareem in points. So pretty crazy to kind of see what's happening. That's kind of my perspective on it, and I'm definitely going to get Trevor Lane's uh, perspective on it as well. One quick thing I want to uh, squeeze in here. Rui Hachimura um, really, really liked what he did yesterday. I think that's a perfect example of what this guy's going to be able to do for the Lakers. I think it's a perfect example of how he's going to be a part of closing lineups for the Lakers with Braun, with Anthony Davis, with some of these other guys. 8-12 from the field. Um pulled nine boards. I think it was 18 points that he had somewhere around there. Uh, really, really nice to see this guy now for a week. And I, I'm excited to see what's to come for him and what's to come for the Lakers moving forward. But uh, he's back. Obviously, AD's back. Hopefully, Austin Reeves is coming back. AD, it looks like it's taken a little bit more time to get into the right flow. I get that. I understand it. But not much uh, margin for air left for the Lakers. They uh, certainly got some work to do. Okay, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation. He's coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. A uh, good buddy of mine, obviously a friend of the show, Trevor Lane, host of Lakers Nation, also does the front office show. By the way, fantastic show as well for NBA content. Um, Trev, thank you very much for taking the time, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, Alan. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. And, uh, man, Lakers, have, at least they closed out a close one uh, last night against New York, huh? Well, th- this is where we are. So, like you just said, um, 30 games left to go. Lakers are four games below 500. And last night, they're taking on the New York Knicks. It was kind of a weird game, and I spent a little time talking about this. You should feel a certain way after a win. And I felt exhausted after yesterday's game, as if I played 48 minutes as well, or what Braun played. I think Braun played 43 himself. I felt like I was on the on the court as well, playing 43 minutes. But they, they did get the win. They had to go to overtime to do it. Can you just give me your overall thoughts about the Lakers, end of games, late game execution? I know there's times we could look at the referees and say, gosh, did Lakers get screwed on that call or that possession? But Lakers have also, they've dug themselves some holes or maybe poor execution. What do you think of the Lakers right now just towards the end of games and how they close out games? Yeah, it's it's certainly frustrating. I mean, you look at at uh, last night's game, you mentioned that you were exhausted. I was saying the same thing on, on my show for Lakers Nation about how just stressful that game was all the way down to the end. Um, you look at what, what happened. I mean, what the Lakers were up six with a minute 40 to play, and you wind up going into overtime because you had uh, a Pacer or a, a Knicks score, a LeBron miss three, a Knicks score again, another LeBron miss three. The Knicks score again, and next thing you know, the game the game is tied, and that's that's three back to back to back possessions there. And and, and Trev and Trev like, on top of that, Knicks had the ball with four seconds left to win the game. <laughs> you know that yeah. the fact that the Lakers didn't even take the final shot there, um, that also was they they really had a legitimate chance to lose that game. I don't I don't know about giving Randall the ball on Anthony Davis. I'd have gone with Jalen Brunson if I'm Thibodeau and the yep. Knicks, but that's that's crazy in itself that the Knicks were in position to win the game. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, again, Knicks fans, I've seen you know, lamenting that on social media since last night, that they didn't go to Jalen Brunson, that they instead went to Randall. But in any event, I mean, the, the Lakers' ability to close out games is certainly questionable, and that's part of why that game was so stressful, because we felt like, oh, no, here we go again. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen so many games this season where the Lakers just haven't been able to make the plays they need to in crunch time. And that's concerning, as you said, Alan, 30 games left as things get really tight in the West as it really starts to matter. Do you finish out games? Can you go on a win streak? You're going to be playing a lot of these teams that are ahead of you in the standings. The Lakers have got to figure out a way to successfully close out games to get the job done without having to go to overtime, without having to hope for a little bit of luck at the end or anything like that. You've got to find a way to separate and give yourself a cushion and finish out a game without doing this. And this has been their MO, it seems like, all season. So I'm, I'm definitely worried about that. Trev, how, how much of that is on, you know, I, I'm going to kind of point out, I think there's, I, I think Darvin Ham's in an interesting position, but I want to know how much you think that's on, on the coach because it's one thing if you're a head coach and you got a lot of young players and you feel like you got to hold their hands through certain situations and predicaments. It's another thing when you're Darvin Ham. And you got one of the greatest to ever ever play the game in LeBron. Obviously, Anthony Davis now back in the lineup. Um, That wasn't always the case. How much, what's that happy medium of, you think, Darvin Ham saying, okay, um, I'm going to let these guys who've been in the league for a really long time and one of the greatest to ever do it make his own determination? And how much of it is, guys, I've done that a couple times. It hasn't always worked out. I don't like the shots that we're getting. I got to make sure I call timeout and I run some type of set play. Yeah, I've seen that frustration quite a bit from a number of fans, and I think it's, I think it's fair. You know, I think when we've seen so many late game possessions that turn into, and look, LeBron is great; he's maybe the greatest, right? But so many late game possessions that turn into a LeBron sidestep three. I just when I'm I'm begging the team to run something, mm-hmm. run something, and trust somebody to make a shot. Try to get a good open look instead of just running the clock down and then settling for a fadeaway. Oh, fadeaway. I mean, you you shoot teams back into the game that way, and that's it's one of my pet peeves around the NBA. Seeing the way offenses change so much towards the end of a game because they're so worried about their star not getting the ball back if they give it up, and so you wind up with this ISO basketball. And I would much prefer. You run something, you trust what it is that got you to that point, and you continue to play that way. You play aggressive, and you trust that if it means that, that Troy Brown's going to have to make a decision, that he's going to make that decision to make the right one, or if it's Rui Hachimura or Dennis Schroeder or whoever, rather than it has to be a LeBron shot or it has to be an Anthony Davis shot or, or a Russell Westbrook shot. Um, I think some of that does fall on, on Darvin Ham. He's got to be a little bit more determined to to say, hey, no, we're going to run something this time. We're going to run a play. We've seen some recent games, yeah, I mean, last night's game included, where the Lakers have run something, and you went, wow, that, that was a really nice play. They had a really nice baseline uh, out-of-bounds play last night. They got AD uh, a look right at the rim. I think he got fouled on and got to the free-throw line. And so I think we're seeing Darvin Ham start to expand the playbook a little bit and start to throw in some things but I would like to see that happen more consistently down the stretch rather than resorting to just ISO ball and, and running the clock. Trevor Lane taking some time here to join us on uh, Lakers talk. Um, Trev, you mentioned it, you know, last night they did get the win against the Knicks and for a, a team that's um, desperate to just get W's. There's actually 
Uh, one of the things I don't like, and I know there's a ton of games going on tonight, but there's a little bit of cushion now between the Lakers and some of these teams in front of them because the Lakers have 28 losses. So it was imperative, even with some of those mistakes down the stretch of that game, that the Lakers walked away with a win. Um, how confident are you right now that the Lakers can go on a run, that they can win five of six games or seven of eight or eight of ten? Because I do think that's what it's going to take for them to – it seems like they've been in that 12th or 13th spot for um, at least it feels like this a couple months. Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like that's where they've been and they've never really got into that playing tournament spot yet, or at least it's been a long time. How confident are you that the Lakers can go on some type of a run, that they could truly put themselves in a position where in a month or two months from now we're saying, okay, hey, if the playoffs started today, here's who the Lakers would be facing. Do you still have a lot of hope that they can do that? Yeah, I definitely do. I think it's I think it's definitely something they can do. Um, it's obviously going to require help. It's going to require the guys to stay healthy. Maybe another move or two by the trade deadline coming up on February 9th to give them a little bit more firepower. But I think one of the big factors in all of this is it's not just the Lakers winning games. Obviously, that's, that's critical. The Lakers have to win games, period. But the teams ahead of them, have to lose games also and fortunately for the Lakers and unfortunately for the teams that are ahead of them the Lakers play a lot of games against those teams I mean you've got New Orleans OKC Portland in fact you have three games left against against New Orleans you're going to see Dallas you're going to see Golden State uh, you're going to see OKC again I, just looking down the schedule they have a lot of games left against the teams that are ahead of them so that creates an even greater opportunity to move up in in the standings and so the possibility is there if you got to win these games but if you can go on a stretch here where you've got a healthy LeBron a healthy AD and you take some of these games that are close down the, down the stretch and in crunch time you figure out a way to execute and get the job done you can move up in the standings really quickly even though there's only 30 games left Trev um I know this is kind of uh you're right we got a week left before the a week tomorrow will be the um the uh NBA trade deadline and I saw something earlier, uh, Chris Haynes had put this out, that he still thinks that, you know, Rob Palenka, don't be surprised or shocked that um, uh, the Lakers still ha still could potentially have a move in him. Unfortunately for the Lakers, I don't know how much of this is on the front office and how much of this is just on the rest of the league being willing to other teams starting to think they're going to sell, maybe the price coming down a little bit on what others have been asking for. Do you feel like in the next week the Lakers will make another move, or uh, would you be surprised if they did something? No, I, I think they're going to make another move. Uh, it, it does require things to happen with other teams, though. It's going to take prices coming down around the league. It is a seller's market right now, and this is kind of the, the time of year when that starts to happen. We'll, we'll have another probably few days of teams saying, no, 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 we need multiple firsts for this player and, and all that sort of stuff, and then that will soften as we get closer to the actual deadline. Just as the, the buyer side, the price will come up a little bit. I think there's going to be opportunities there to make a move. I would be surprised if the Lakers didn't do anything. I think they've got a couple of contracts that could potentially move. Obviously, you've got those two first-round picks we can talk about. But I think that there is another move out there, maybe more, maybe a couple of moves out there for the Lakers. But it is required that the prices have to come down. I think right now, the prices are just too high to get something done. So in the event that prices do come down, then I think the Lakers will indeed do 
something else because I think there's enough here with this team where you can say this team could really be something with a little bit more firepower, with a little extra push, and a little bit of luck on the on the side of health, and this team could could really be there. So I, I do expect them to do something else by the trade deadline. Uh, Trevor Lane, who uh, covers the Los Angeles Lakers for Lakers Nation, uh, also does a show, the front office show, a uh, little bit more in general about the NBA uh, big picture. Um, Trev, we're, we're about to embark on something that, you know, obviously we all know about this. Uh, Bron's about to break the scoring record, and um, it's interesting. You know, it, it, it's going to happen with him representing the purple and gold it's going to happen. Very well could happen next, let's say, three, four games. Let's put it in the next five games at most. Braun is going to break that record. Um, how do you think Laker fans – I mean, you give me your opinion on it and then also Laker fans. Do, do you – when we – the season was about to start and you knew it was, it was going to happen at some point this season, is the hype bigger than you thought, less than you thought? When you interact with Laker fans, what is their specific view on Braun doing this – just your overall, um, just your overall thoughts on what's happening around a Laker fan base that wants to make the playoffs. Obviously, has had a number of greats represent the purple and gold. Um, Braun now in his fifth year with the Lakers. What's the feeling that you get about this this accomplishment that's coming up? You know, I, I think that it is a, an incredible accomplishment. This is a record that we thought would never fall, and so it's going to be an incredible accomplishment. For sure, from Lakers fans, though, well, yes, there's the countdown and, and all of that. The primary concern is what's the team's record? Is the team going to give themselves a chance come playoff time? Are they going to make the playoffs? So, I think what's going to be what what I hope happens here, Alan, is that the Lakers go on a run here. Mm-hmm. And if LeBron does it, if it happens, I've been saying it's going to happen. My prediction for a while has been February seventh against OKC. That's what it's going to happen. So I'm sticking with that. Maybe it happens the next game. Maybe it's against the Bucks. The, the next game. What my hope is, is that the Lakers go on a run here. You can get a win against Indiana, get a win against Pet the Pelicans, come back home. You've got a little bit of momentum. And now people are starting to feel a little bit better about the team because if the team is losing badly, that's going to overshadow this incredible accomplishment to a degree, specifically from the perspective of Lakers fans. From the national NBA perspective, that's not the case. But Lakers fans are going to care first and foremost about what's the team doing? Are they being successful? Are they winning? And so if the team's playing well and they're winning, that's going to allow fans to not be you know, down in the dumps and just be in that moment and celebrate LeBron passing that milestone. I mean, I think this would be a much bigger deal, a more on the minds of Lakers fans if the team were like the two seed in the West or something right now and they were rolling and looking good and, and LeBron's in the MVP uh, category because of, their success as a team and all that. I think that would turn this into more of a hype thing. But what I hear more from Lakers fans, it's what are we doing at the trade deadline? How do we turn this thing around? And then the conversation gets to LeBron setting this, this incredible record, because I think the focus is always going to be from Lakers fans on the team first. So I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, that's part of what I love about a Laker fan base is they are spoiled and it is about winning. And it doesn't matter that you won a championship a couple of years ago. It doesn't matter what's in front of them, individual accomplishments, any of that stuff. It is, well, when's are you making the playoffs? How many games are you below 500? How many games are you back in the standings? Um, that's kind of the feeling. That's that's the feel that I have with it as well. And 
it is an incredible accomplishment. And I think every Laker fan appreciates what, what Braun has done over his career. Um, but I, I kind of share a, a similar sentiment. Uh, final one I got for you, and as always, appreciate you joining the show. They got two games left on this road trip. I had said before the five-game road trip, you got to come back to crypto three and two. And yesterday's win gave them a chance to do that. Um, the Pacers have been really bad. Uh, and by the way, it looks like Tyrese Halberton probably comes back tomorrow. Um, he's been out for at least nine games, let's say. The Pelicans, I want to say, have lost nine in a row. Do the Lakers grab these last two to come back three and two on the road trip? Yeah, I'm, I said the same thing. Three and two on the road trip, that should be the goal. And they had, and again, I, I don't want to relitigate the whole Boston mess, but that was a win taken away from them right there. So right now, uh, they should only have one loss on the road trip at the moment. But nonetheless, I think it's certainly possible they can, they can do it. Um, you mentioned Halliburton. He was out, he's been out for uh, 10 games. And the Pacers are a different team oh, yeah. with him. He's an, he's an incredible player. He should be an all-star this year. He's fantastic. And Lakers fans have got to be rolling their eyes and just saying, of course he's of course. coming back. Because everybody sure. all season has come back just in time to play the Lakers. So it's not going to be an easy win. But I think it certainly can't happen. You can get a win over the Pelicans without Zion. You can get a win over the Pacers. They should have beat the Pacers last time they played them. Another game where they collapsed down the stretch. But um, I think they've been, it, going 3-2 and two on the road trip is still very much in the cards. But the Lakers have to show up and, and win these games against New Orleans and against Indiana. Yeah, and by the way, that's a perfect example, too. It's either you're inching closer towards getting back to 500 or you're just chasing your own tail. And I think these next two games we're going to find out. So, Trev, thank you, bud. I always appreciate you joining the show. No problem, Alan. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that's Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. When we come back, um, I'm going to actually hit on this uh, Chris Haynes thing that I was talking about. Will the Lakers still make a move? Trevor Lane thinks something will happen. NBA trade deadline is a week from tomorrow. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right. Thank you again to uh, Trevor Lane for uh, taking some time to join the show. Um, I want to get into this real quick. By the way, the Lakers taking on the Pacers tomorrow. They got the Pelicans coming up on uh, Saturday. That's it. That's the five-game road trip. They'll come back to crypto. Only seven games left before the All-Star break. But let me hit real quick on Chris Haynes. Uh, so Chris Haynes was doing, I want to say, a podcast with Mark Stein. And one of the quotes I took away is, I still think Rob Palenka still has a move or two left in him. The Lakers' NBA uh, the NBA trade deadline is a week from tomorrow. Um you know, listen, I've always felt like the Lakers would be aggressive to an extent at the trade deadline, and they struck early. They struck really before anybody. They got Rui Hachimura. Uh, I'm a fan of his game. I've spent some time talking about how um, I think he's going to be a, a critical piece. The size, he's perfect. I think the guys like him. I think his ability to really, really be an asset for this Lakers team, they already struck. They did something early on. Um, in this situation that I think they're in right now, too. You need a shooter. That part's clear. I think they're, they got still a ton of guards. Do you really need that many guards? I don't really have an answer for you. I, I don't think they need that many guards. You can only play so many at the end. And, oh, by the way, Austin Reeves is going to uh, come back. We know he's out tomorrow. Um, Lonnie Walker just got back. He was a starter. Now he's trying to figure his way back into the mix. They got a ton of guards. So I wonder if they will try to go get you know that sniper shooter that they don't currently have right now, and maybe use some of these guards. Draft compensation, obviously the Lakers got the two picks, but I'm going to play a little bit on what Trevor Lane said. 
it's going to have to make sense. And the, the, the cost, it is going to come down to whether – if it's a cost that's just ridiculous, I don't think they're going to do anything. If some of that pricing has come down on some of these players, then maybe that will be a, a completely different story. But Chris Haynes, who's one of the best in the business, again, I'm going to read the quote, I still think Rob Palenka has a move or two left in him. So let's see what happens uh, from that perspective and uh, that makes me think the Lakers will be more aggressive than maybe at one point that we thought. Okay, quick shout-out here. Thank you to Harris Resort, Southern California. What a great property. Such a, I'm so appreciative of their partnership here on 710 and, of course, of Lakers Talk. This property is located in northern San Diego. Just a beautiful, beautiful resort. I've stayed there a couple different times, whether you're looking for the entertainment action, which includes 1,500 slots, uh, 50 table games, or you just kind of want the tranquility and just the chill and the relax. It's located out in the Palomar Mountains of North San Diego. And uh, like I said, uh, that resort is phenomenal. It's peaceful, but you got the entertainment as well. So you got a little bit of everything. And something just to kind of know, if you don't know, um, Rincon Reservation Road Brewery. It's the first tribally owned brewery in Southern California, and it's located right there at the heart of Harris Resort, SoCal. Go try that Cloud Pale Lager, uh, Lager, the Chief IPA, the Oasis Blondale. They got fantastic, fantastic um, different beers there, and it's all brewed right there. So HarrisSoCal.com, HarrisSoCal.com. I mentioned the two games that the Lakers got left on this road trip. You got to go 3-2 and on this road trip. You just have to. And to be frank with you, if you can't beat the Pacers, who have been struggling, and you can't beat the Pelicans, who have been struggling – then I start questioning whether this is a playoff team or not. Now, I still got faith that the Lakers are a playoff team and they could potentially be dangerous, but man, do they got a long way to go. And they got 30 games to figure this all out. Um, And you need some help from other teams. You need some help in the NBA standings. Of course you do, but it really doesn't do you any well unless you're stacking up W's for yourself. So um, you can't control what the Blazers or the Thunder or the Jazz or – Whatever teams are in front of the Lakers, I'm still shocked that those teams are in front of the Lakers. But the Suns, the Warriors, the Clippers, you can't control what they do. But what you can control is getting W's, certainly when you have opportunities to. And I think these next two games are uh, obviously incredibly winnable. Um, Quick shout-out here. Thank you to uh, Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. And uh, thank you to Mar Ruiz uh, handling everything in the background. If you missed any part of the show, Go to the ESPN LA app. So just download the ESPN LA app. We've got our Lakers Talk channel right there. You can catch the full hour. And, uh, again, thank you to Trevor Lane for joining the show. LA, as always, appreciate you guys being a part of it. Uh, Have a great rest of your night.